you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Andrew. All right, guys, I am here. I am ready to write my sham fiction this week. What do you got for me? Oh, my gosh, Andrew. I am so excited for this one. Uh, I came a little late to the party here, but I'm glad I joined and I invited Eric to join me as well. We're talking Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel! Yeah, that's right. She is a Marvel Comics superhero. Cool. She's actually, I think, the third or fourth iteration of the hero, Miss Marvel. Okay. We're talking about a character invented in February 2014, although she had a brief cameo before that. Her series started February 2014. Okay. Uh, this is Kamala Khan, who's the first Muslim superhero in the Marvel Universe, or that's at least awesome. the first to have her own book. And uh, Kamala Khan. She's Kamala. coming thanks to four creators. Uh, on the Marvel sort of executive side, you have Sana Amanat and Stephen Wacker. But then the woman who wrote Miss Marvel is G. Willow Wilson. And the artist is a guy named uh, Adrian Alfona. Cool. Fantastic and so, artist, by the way. Fantastic art, yeah. Really holy, emotive. Holy crap, guys out there, listening audience. I, I, there are a lot of reasons to read Miss Marvel, but the art is spectacular. So check yeah. it out. Beautiful art. Uh, and so you can get this, of course, on Amazon, on your Barnes Noble, any of those booksellers. You can get it online, Comixology, some digital platforms, Marvel Unlimited. But what I really got to recommend is if you like comics, you go to your local comic book shop and you pick it up. You know, that's a good place yeah. to support the community. That's how, how people get to keep making comics. Oh, so man, I, I recommend that. Have a conversation uh, with the guy behind the counter. He probably has an opinion. He might <laughs> I, I wouldn't bet so. He might smell a little funny, but he's got good things to say. Boy, that's a good stereotype to be pushing there. <laughs> hey, I smell a little funny. It's, it's all right. Oh, I smell very right. funny. I'm just <laughs> saying okay. I don't have a comic book shop. <laughs> well, maybe you should smell it. Uh, so yeah uh i I just gotta talk a little bit about this before we even go into the plot please please this was something i'd heard about years ago when it was happening because it was news and you know on good news sites are like yay kamala khan miss marvelous is gonna be great not bad news sites oh even our superheroes are muslim now uh but obviously those people are idiots so dummies i I, I knew there was something going on. I knew some info about it, but I just recently got around to reading it, and I love it. I think this is one of the funniest books I've read, one of the most interesting books I've read, and it just, uh, as Eric was saying, the art's beautiful, but the character's so original. The voice is, is real. It feels like it's a modern comic. That she's dealing with modern issues, 
and just one of the best things to happen to the Marvel Universe that I can remember. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, the you're very, very correct. I think just the representation present here, that it doesn't feel like a stereotyped uh, uh portrayal of a like a muslim family it does feel very real um they're they're americans they're modern they have the same problems that we all had as teenagers um but their their particular faith and their particular lifestyle is very important to them and that plays huge into the piece which is is just so refreshing i mean it's it's cool i one of the reasons i love stories uh, in general, but you know the reason I love comics and the reason I love films and, and everything is that it gives you a chance to see into a world that you uh, normally don't get to experience, and the power that uh, stories have for, for representation. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's so important to uh, to put uh, people of different backgrounds in your stories because the because then people see. That oh look our superheroes can be uh, Muslim teenagers and that's okay yeah. and that it, it the people the, the 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 Muslim readers can identify that and and the non-Muslim readers can understand what that is a little more it's just it's so good it's such a positive thing I, yeah and I it, can't... it just builds because there there are little girls out there right now reading Kamala Khan and saying that's me I'm gonna be the superhero. And then they're going to grow up with comics, and then they're going to tell stories that are even further afield that we've, yeah. we've never imagined. And that's just, it, it's awesome. It's so good. And they're going to be the ones writing the comics next. It's, ah, it's yeah. amazing. It's a yeah. good thing. And, uh, what, what we'll hit on here before we get into the plot specifically is that I was so impressed and surprised at how much it actually deals with family life, how being Muslim affects Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just a backdrop. You know, you don't just have a character who's from Pakistan and she mentions that she's Muslim at one point. Yeah, they didn't the just The religion take a, plays oh, into it. It's part of her life. Yeah. They didn't just paint her brown, in other words. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a plus. And uh, yeah, it's just, just a good, good character. So, Guys, just hearing you talk about it like this before we've even gotten into it, I'm so pumped for this. Because- oh, I'm excited for you to read it. <laughs> I think you're gonna enjoy it, man. Cool. Yeah. So uh, lay it on me. Let's let's hear a little bit more about Kamala and what's going on in her world. Yeah. So we're gonna jump into that. Before we do, I have to give a brief spoiler warning. Oh. We're really only gonna be talking about the first six or seven issues of the uh, 2014 series. I've She's only now read into five a, of a them. new series. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're both new to this, but. If you pick up that first volume, uh, No Normal is the first volume of Miss Marvel, then we can talk about that. I'm sure I'm going to spoil things all throughout the Marvel Universe if you're a couple years behind on that, because uh, that's just kind of going to be backdrop. But check it all out, Marvel Unlimited, great way to catch up, digital subscription. Uh, so first off, you're not in Manhattan on this one, Mr. Neal. You're what? not uh, you're not seeing a Spider-Man swing around. You're in Jersey City. That's yes! right. Yes. Yes, yeah. we in Jersey. You in Jersey. <laughs> oh man, Springsteen is blaring all the time. Oh my goodness. Jersey City. Very uh, good. Yeah, so you're you're in Jersey and as the critics have described it, it's like she's kind of a second-rate superhero in a second-rate city. <laughs> so <laughs> that's part of her identity issue. I really like that. Uh, so 
Kamala Khan, uh, when we meet her, and the, the big thing that's going on in this first arc is she just feels like an outsider. You know, the, uh, the popular kids in the school, the perky blonde woman who kind of... Uh, What's what's the Zoe? word? She, she yes, Zoe Zoe Zimmer, a uh, good alliterative Marvel name. Yay! But she she's very patronizing. She's like, oh, you know, I I heard that your parents are locking you up or something because your culture is different. Do you have to dress like that? Just very uh, faux concerned and really condescending. Um, but Without meaning to, like, she's not uh, trying think... to hurt her, or is she trying to hurt her? I I don't know that she is intelligent enough to be that meaningfully mean yeah she's like uh uh, she's passive aggressive in a way that it isn't intentional necessarily it just betrays her true feelings she's saying things that she thinks are nice and it's coming across that she is ignorant unfortunately i think bruno calls her the concern troll because she yeah. says over and over, oh, I'm just asking because I'm concerned. Like, that head wrap you're wearing, nobody, like, forced you to, to, to wear that, right? I'm just concerned. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and on the head wrap, that's not how Kamala dresses. Uh, that's talking about her friend Nakia, who's Turkish, who uh, used to go by Kiki, but has decided that she doesn't want to have an Americanized name. People can figure out how to say Nakia. Uh, so that's, that's part of that conversation. Okay. But so we've introduced you to Zoe, her boyfriend, the jockey, Josh. I don't have a last name for Josh, but Zoe and Josh. Uh, Kamala hangs out with Nakia. She goes to the convenience store, the Circle Q, which uh-huh. is legally distinct from the Circle K. <laughs> and uh, her kind of crush there is an older boy named Bruno, who I think is probably like a senior in the high school. Uh, Kamala's about 16, a sophomore. Um, so they all hang out. What happens where we really get started with the, the superpowers is that Kamala goes to a senior party, uh, out by the docks. She sneaks away from home and she's not supposed to do it. And, uh, when she's there, Bruno finds her cause he was allowed to go and says, we got to get you home. Your parents are going to be so mad. And of course she doesn't like that. She runs away and what happens, but boom, a Terrigen bomb. And what? By that look on your face, I can tell you know what a Terrigen bomb is. Uh, no, no, uh, I do not. Uh, I, so very I don't do either. Not. It's okay, uh, Marcus. So, what is that? Yeah. So in the Marvel universe, there are these people called Inhumans who come from a proud lineage of ancient alien modification on Earth. Uh, their important characteristic is that they are legally distinct from mutants. So oh. Marvel, who doesn't have the rights to mutants anymore, can have Inhumans. Uh, but they're basically the same thing. And what happens is once this Cherigen bomb goes off, that's what initiates an Inhuman's power. It triggers their mutation, essentially. So she walks into this vapor, and holy crap, we find out she's Inhuman. So she comes out of this cocoon, and she has magical powers. So, a cocoon? You know, like an actual cocoon? Yeah, a literal cocoon. Uh-huh, yeah. She has to bust out. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, just backstory uh, for Kamala, she is obsessed. She loves the Avengers. Oh, Sp- yes. And specifically, her favorite Avenger is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, which is Carol Danvers. Okay. Who, is, who used to be Miss Marvel before yep. she upgraded and gained 
in rank, I guess, and became Captain Marvel. <laughs> she finally passed her captain's exam. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got a, a field promotion, something, so, we don't know what. Yeah, so we see her, uh, that she is a fan of them. Not only is she a fan, appropriate for this show, she writes fan fiction about the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, that's on, fantastic. On freakingcool.com. <laughs> freakingcool.com, you can read Kamala Khan's fan fiction about Captain Marvel and the rest of the gang. Uh, which is just cool that you have yeah. a character. <laughs> I love that Marvel can get away with that sort of thing. And it, it comes across as so genuine yeah. that they can have a character who's obsessed with the their other characters. And it's totally okay. Oh, absolutely. Because you would be. Of course you would. <laughs> so th- that all plays into the big identity thing. Uh, Captain Marvel is this tall, beautiful, blonde woman who mm-hmm. has like all the best superpowers. She's invincible. She can fly. She can shoot energy. She's, like, more powerful than Superman, uh, which is in the other side of the street. But... (laughs) Yeah, we we can't talk about that. We we haven't done an arrow on this. So, (laughs) anyway, so that's who she idolizes. And she thinks, gosh, everything, if I could just be normal, if I didn't have all these Muslim rituals, if my parents weren't different, everything would be great for me. So she comes out of this cocoon, and suddenly she has shape-shifting powers, and she just looks like Captain Marvel. She's a, she's a pretty blonde woman. And oh. very quickly realizes that that's not as great as she thought it was. It's not comfortable to have the thong riding up your butt. It's not, uh, it's not who she is. So she gets these powers, kind of stumbles into them. Uh, she can change her, shot, her size. She can become giant. She can become very small. Proportionate strength when she grows tall. Okay. And she can also change what she looks like. So she can grow, like, real giant, like, again, like, inhuman sizes. Yeah, like, like probably 20 feet. We don't know her limits at this point. She doesn't know the limits. Sure, but she can go she's new. up mm-hmm. there smaller than a gerbil. Uh, uh, one interesting oh, wow. uh, fact of her powers is that not only can she change her entire body, she can change specific parts of her body. So yes. if she wanted to have a stretchy arm, she could have a stretchy arm. If she wanted to grow her hand to the size of a uh, of of a like a shovel or bigger or a like an industrial yep. shovel on like a on like a steam engine what do you call those things the grab the grabby grabby dirt things it's a grabby yeah, dirt like, monster like a grabby, a grabby dirt, dirt monster yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. if she wanted to turn her arm into a grabby dirt monster she could totally do it <laughs> and it would it would be convincing it'd be great okay so she could actually like mimic the shape of those things so yeah, her so shape does not need like, to be human Think like uh, Mr. Fantastic. Oh, that, sure. That, that's a better description. So maybe yeah. not mimic the shape so much as... I mean, she she can change into at least this pretty blonde woman, we know. Yeah. So I don't know her limits uh, the power. I've only read sure. five issues. What do I know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, short answer, yes. And uh, so she discovers another power shortly thereafter, and I'll tell you about how she figures that out. So she... Uh, well, first she saves Zoe's life. Zoe was drunk, fell into the river at the party, um, and Kamala just fishes her out. So that's kind of cool. And then later on, she's going to the Circle Q, and it looks like Bruno's getting robbed. So she busts in. This guy has a gun. She's like, I'm, I'm a hero. She's showing up in her Captain Marvel, like Carol Danvers blonde persona. Mm-hmm. He's going to save the day. But she gets shot. And Ooh. The, uh, the robber runs away, and she's freaking out. And she reverts to her normal self, and she realizes that when she changes back to her normal shape, she heals. 
So suddenly, uh, the bullet's fallen down her pants. It's <laughs> <Which laughs> a pretty her, funny scene. Into her butt crack. Yeah. Uh, she just <laughs> plucked that out. Uh, but she's oh, interesting. perfectly alive so she, and well. she heals instantly when she changes back to normal self. Near near instantly, yeah. Very quick okay. healing. Um, it's I think it's like an extension of the power. If she's not using the power to stretch, she can use it to heal. But there's a limit. So she can't be someone else very tall and healing all at once. It'll just okay. kind of not work. Uh, so then Bruno, who's at the Circle Q, now knows her identity. And he's the only person at this point who knows uh, turns out that Bruno wasn't actually getting robbed. He was staging a robbery so his brother Vic, his younger brother Vic, could get some money. Because Vic has gotten into trouble working for a supervillain, as you do in the Marvel Ooh. Universe. You work for oh. a supervillain, you get in some trouble. He's working for this mysterious guy called the Inventor. <laughs> Ooh, the Inventor. Uh, I like uh. that. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Kamala wants to figure out what's up, wants to stop the inventor from uh, kidnapping Vic and doing bad things. So uh, she starts researching into it, decides she's going to look like herself, she's going to wear a mask, she's going to wear comfortable clothes. Uh, Bruno develops a super suit kind of thing out of this science experiment called Super Snot, uh, which is fun, little flexy clothes for her. Gross. Uh-huh. Yup. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, from there she sets out to, to, you know, patrol the streets at night and to figure out who this guy, the inventor is. Yeah. And up through the part that I read, at least, um, I, I actually don't know who the inventor is. Although Marcus just told me a name that made me very happy. Oh, yes. <laughs> do, do we want to reveal who the I inventor is? I think we is? do, because I want Andrew what? for the scene, uh, to have full reign to figure out how this encounter goes down. And you need to know who the inventor is. Because <laughs> it's an original supervillain, just invented for this series, uh, based on historical fact, I will say. What? Oh, no. Oh, no. So, so the inventor is a clone of Thomas Jefferson. Nope. Thomas. Or Th- Thomas Edison. <laughs> Thomas Edison, oh, a distinct historical oh, Thomas. Oh, my goodness. So Le- he's a clone distinct. of Thomas Edison, but not just any clone. He's been the flyed to have the head of a parrot. <laughs> wait, <laughs> or like what? a cockatoo. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so wait. He's, he's a man he's a with the head of a cockatoo and the brains of Thomas Edison, and he <laughs> creates all these crazy devices. He has... He has, uh, you know, intelligent alligators at his control. Yes. <laughs> what the heck is Any this? Any toy you can imagine. Yeah. Lots of cute little robots that mm-hmm. uh, that can swarm and fight. And he's raining down on Jersey City. <laughs> Love it, the bird-headed clone. <laughs> the bird-headed of clone. Thomas Edison. Yeah. That's why oh, he's called gosh. Inventor. It makes perfect sense. Of course. Oh, uh, why not? That's insane. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine them coming up with that idea. Like the the pitching of that idea, the oh, development of that yeah. idea. It's 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 so out there. You wonder how someone said an executive said yes to that. That's that's insane. <laughs> hey, it's but the also new really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's Marvel. You know, I mean, they're they're great and they're inventive, which really hits on the tone of this. This has got to be fun and funny. You know, uh, Kamala is a funny character. She realizes just like Spider-Man when she gets out and starts fighting, even though she's meek in her personal life, she starts quipping. 
you know, she she makes uh, comments and oh, challenges good, people. Good. She's uh, also uh, internet savvy. She yeah. she loves the fan fiction. She hangs out on the internet all the time, and so she's aware of memes. If you mm-hmm. are aware of memes, throw it in there. Oh, memes. Okay. Yeah, Doge is referenced in this first series. <laughs> I have to read that. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, so obviously we just we love this book, Andrew. So when you're writing about it, try to get a sense of joy in there. Um, the concept of identity is very important. But also, she just wants to do good. So, so far, I don't know if this happens in the future, um, she doesn't have an Uncle Ben-style tragedy. It's more just that she looks up to the heroes and she wants to be them. Yeah. There's a quote quote from it that I really like. This was in her thoughts. She says, uh, good is not a thing you are, it's a thing you do. And I really like that. It's it's like you yeah. always have to be paying your debts. You're, you're never done. It's it's that you are your actions. You know, yeah. that's it's whatever you do. It's There's nothing bo- you're, that you're born with necessarily. It's all what you do in your life. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's just, I know we've already touched on it, but the tone of uh, accepting yourself uh, is so big in this mm-hmm. because her arc is she starts out and she's trying to be this um, this blonde, white, uh, tall, skinny woman that she admires and she realizes that that's not her. She can't be that. She can't pretend to be that. It's not true. So it's coming to grips with herself and realizing that it's okay that she's different, that she right. has a different family with different family rules and she comes from a different place and she, you know, she is herself. She has to fess up to her identity. And and that's that's big. Well, and her, her family dynamics great. So her her brother, her older brother Amir, is just going through this phase where he's really into the religion and he's acting very devout, and it's just driving her parents crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's cool. He's, just, he's quoting verse left and right, uh, and she's she's afraid of uh, having to go talk to her religious leaders and you know just being lectured at. And she yeah. gets grounded, you know, just typical kid stuff so try to read a little bit about the religion would be a great step for this yeah not a bad idea because her whole family and i know we haven't really uh given you names or anything um but her whole family uh they are uh properly muslim is that they they go uh you know they're 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 part of the community Mm -hmm. they practice the religion um and uh, the, so they're all they're all devout to a uh, degree, but like her her dad is a businessman, so he's you know not overly concerned about about the rules all the time. In that he's annoyed that there's that uh, Kamala's brother Amir is uh, spending all his time uh, studying and and practicing this religion instead of going out and finding a job. Yeah, because he's just a freeloader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, quit uh, reading uh, that Quran and get a job. <laughs> exactly. I'll give you I'll give you one last thought from me before we go into your questions and your recap. Yeah, okay. Um, which is just that Sana Amanat, who's one of the creators of Miss Marvel, she's I think one of the higher kind of executives at Marvel. She wasn't the writer, but uh Kamala Khan's kind of based on her childhood without the superpowers. She was on uh, Seth Meyers' show, his late night show. Oh, yeah. And they brought up Donald Trump's comments about banning Muslims from America. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, 
you know, like, how, how would Miss Marvel react to that? <laughs> and she says, uh, she'd just, you know, kill him with kindness. She would show him what being Muslim's really about and all the good that she does in the community. And that is, from the little I know about this character so far, she's just good through and through. You know, she wants to do the right thing. She has, you know, the needs of being popular, being a teenage girl, uh, all those identity issues that we all struggle with when we're young. But she is is just good to her core. For sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very, and she very might good. hook up with Spider-Man in the next couple months. I don't know. The oh. new Spider-Man, who's my other favorite Marvel character, Miles, Miles? Morales. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Freaking cool. Perhaps that will be next time. We'll oh, see. Oh, man. So what are some potential scenes that Mr. Andrew Neal could write for Miss Marvel? Sure. Well, you know, he could write the showdown with the inventor. That would be one thing in mm-hmm. any level there. Uh, I think he could do a patrol when she's just going out, maybe stopping some general crime in the city that mm-hmm. could involve Bruno tagging along in the shadows uh, or, or deal with some of the family conflict. That could also be a fun thing to do or, or put her in school where she's dealing with some friends or, yeah, or tie it, these things together. You know, that's, that's classic school. Spider-Man. For sure. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is going to be, this is our first comic that we've done. Yeah. There will be many more, I'm sure, in the future. Oh, I um, hope so. But, uh, so Marcus, are there any, like, just comic-y tropes we need to worry about? Um, like, how long are scenes? Does it does it matter? I, this is new yeah. to me, too. I think, because he's writing it in prose, I'm not so worried about the comic-y tropes. Sure. Uh, this is a good excuse to do a little action, Andrew. To get a get some fights in there and get some some cool clobbering, but the biggest thing that I would take away aside from the tone is that you have the internal monologue going. That's a big comic thing. It's a big Marvel comic thing. What are they feeling? What are they thinking? So give us some insight into what she's thinking when you're writing this. Okay, that's good to know. Do like a first person internal monologue sort of thing. Yeah, and this has to be from Kamala's perspective. Kamala. For sure. Uh, any uh, any other questions, Andrew? So the one big question that I have is about Bruno. Sure. So who is this guy? So you said he's a senior. He's her crush. He works at the Circle Q place. You uh, got But <laughs> what about like this this snot stuff? Like, is he super smart? Is he stealing this stuff? Well, like, do see, we know? He's trying to get into a good school. He's trying to get into a good college. So he's been working on the Super Snot Project as this kind of, uh, this this entrance proof that he is intelligent and capable. Because it is the Marvel Universe. There's super science dripping from the walls. So like why, the super why not snot. a smart, exactly. Why not a smart high school senior who can make this stuff? Yeah, when you're in the world where Tony Stark has had the uh, the diagram to the Iron Man suit stolen and published online, uh, you think <laughs> your high school senior can do a better science project than you or I could. <laughs> For sure. Um, and the other interesting thing about Bruno is that he and Kamala have known each other since they were kids. I mean, they're, they're close, and their families mm-hmm. are close. Um, uh, Kamala's uh, parents, look they, they think Bruno's a good kid. Yeah. And when Kamala sneaks out to that party, Bruno texts her parents to let yeah. them know, which is a super, <laughs> super uncool move, but very trustworthy, good-hearted well, and she, guy. She, of course, hates that because yeah. that's him thinking of her like a kid. Exactly. You know, which at that age, you just do not want anyone thinking of you as a kid. 
Oh, okay, so, so, so she has this crush on him, but he thinks of her more like a little sister. Is that kind of the dynamic? That's the vibe I was getting. Were you feeling the crush there, Eric? Uh, there were, I think the crush, actually, I think is more on, on Bruno's side. He really cares about her and, and likes her and wants there to be something, but he doesn't quite know how to make it happen. Yeah. So I saw there was more angst coming from Kamala and more pining coming from oh, sure. Bruno. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, what's her what's her um, her costume like? What is what is? I'm trying to picture that right now. Oh, is yeah, that anything? Oh. Has that been discovered? Has she yeah, or yeah. does she wear a wrestling outfit like Spider Man does with eye holes cut out? Kind of. <laughs> no, she got better than that a little bit. She calls Eric, it a, a burkini. You want yeah, burkini. <laughs> it was. It's like a a very modest piece of swimwear that's very covering. So it's it's got like an under layer where it has like these long red uh, sleeves and pants, but then kind of a blue like uh, very simple sort of uh, dress thing over it. It's uh, so you could imagine it being swimwear, but it's very very uh, uh, leaves a lot to the imagination. So it's it's yeah, it's an so interesting thing. Is it like a scuba suit? Think like think no. think think about it this way: you've got a red undersuit that's kind of like a scuba suit. Over that, you have a short blue tunic or dress that has a big yellow lightning bolt going down the front. And then she has tall blue boots and a matching blue mask. There's also like a, like a scarf worked yeah, into there's the a scarf, mm-hmm. Red scarf. Okay. It's very DIY. Yeah. She's a kid after all. And the right. whole deal with the super snot is that they just they brush the super snot onto her clothes, and that makes the clothes stretch. So it's not like the clothes are made out of the super snot. Okay, see, so that's it, what I was wondering about. Okay, yeah, so, so the super snot. snot is just a, a means to an end. She's just wearing regular clothes, but it stretches because she stretches. Mm-hmm, because, yeah, the, the clothes need to stretch with her. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Okay. All right, guys. I think I got this. This is good. I, I've, I know Marvel. I've read like Ultimate Spider-Man, so these, it's good to know these types of conflicts. But uh, I think I think I have a pretty good handle on this. So we're gonna give us a quick recap here. Yeah. So let's do it. All right. So this is Miss Marvel. I uh, follows Kamala Khan. She's a 16 year old sophomore that lives in Jersey City. <laughs> Listens to a lot of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Loves John Stewart. All right, and she's uh, so yeah. She's um, uh, her family's. Are they first generation immigrants or not? Yes, they're from Pakistan. Okay. All right, so they are from Pakistan. All right, so yeah, so uh, Kamala feels like an outsider. She goes to school, high school, where Zoe Zimmer is there, who's this thin blonde chick who's <laughs> passive aggressive and ignorant and concerned about her all the time. Uh, she has a friend named Nakia, who's Turkish, um, who is a little bit more uh, strict, it sounds like, in terms <laughs> of her religion, whereas the, the head wrap, yep. um, but is... Uh, yeah, so she's Kamala's uh, probably best friend, I think, at this point, seems like. Uh, they hang out at the Circle Q. Was the Circle Q like a convenience store? What yeah. is the Circle Q? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay, convenience store. All right, where Bruno works, who is, he's a senior in high school. Uh, he and Kamala have grown up together. Um, it seems like uh, he's a bit of a big brother to her little sister, even though she would not, she does not like that, and he doesn't seem to like it all that much either. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> 
Um, at some point at a party on a dock, she was hit by a bomb. Yep. <laughs> a terrorist that spread through the city. A bunch of people turned into inhumans. Oh, okay. So that sort of thing. The bomb went off. Okay, cool. Uh, lots of people turned into. She came out of. She popped out of a cocoon with stretchy powers, with the ability to shape shift. <laughs> yep. Um, Normal Thursday in the Marvel universe. Would you say normal Thursday in the Marvel universe? Oh, that's just how it goes down. All right, but um, so she loves the Avengers, and now she's one of them. Well, I guess she's now she's a superhero. So that's kind of, that's very exciting because she writes fan fiction about them. She's really into that. Um, first thing she does is save Zoe Zimmer's life, mm-hmm. um, and then she goes to the Circle Q and sees what she thinks is a robbery. And instead, it's not. But now Bruno knows her secret identity. But that's okay. He's going to help her out. He's going to use the super snot on her outfit and make a stretch for her. That's pretty cool. Uh, Bruno's brother, Vic, is in with the inventor, who is uh, not Thomas Jefferson, but Thomas Edison (laughs) with a cockatoo head. Oh, my God. That is a grotesque, grotesque thing. So keep it funny. Keep it joyful. She does Spider-Man-like quips, good sense of humor, internet savvy, internet memes. She doesn't have tragedy in her backstory, just that identity crisis, just being from a different background that really ties into it. Her family being Muslim, her brother being very devoutly Muslim, at at the the disdain of her father who wants him to get a damn job hippie. (laughs) Um, Guys, I think I got this. Oh, you do. This is good. You you gotta give you bonus points. Oh, yes, let's do it. Eric, do you have bonus points lined I, up? I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't have anything ready. I can, oh I can give you mine. I'll start, I'll start it off. Uh, so this is the Marvel Universe, and this is the fully functional Marvel Universe. It's not the license for TV, license for movies. So you have access to every single Marvel character you've ever heard of. Uh, so I want to see a cameo from another oh, Marvel superhero. Uh, but there are conditions. When you do the cameo, that person can't take over the story. And Kamala needs to one-up them. So, okay. you know, if if you have the thing pop in and be like, I'll lift this truck for your little lady, she has to grow ten times bigger than him and throw the truck away and just say, get yeah. out of here, Ben. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing I want to see. That's great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think for my bonus point, um, and this is going off of my love of the art in this comic. Oh, sure is there are these beautiful little uh, peeks into Kamala's mind where we kind of see her thoughts and her dreams before she, like when she gets hit by the bomb and she's transforming, she has a vision of Captain Marvel, (laughs) uh, Captain America, and Iron Man standing before her in in like this holy (laughs) reveal. And and Captain Marvel is speaking uh, Kurdish, I believe. Uh, and it's it's this wonderful little thing, and there are all these great little details. Like there's a sloth with wings, and there's like this. What? There's a giant hedgehog with like huge man hands happening, and there are little <laughs> there are birds flying around with little like stocking caps on and stuff, and it's just so quirky and wonderful that I want to see some quirky weird look inside kamala's head i'm i'm not even going to be more specific than that i just want to see something that is a little uh uh beyond reality inside her head okay just kind of her imagination yes. the way she sees the world filtering you, it through you just her perspective. get more points 
for more creativity there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm excited for this, Andrew. Me too, guys. This From these details, one, I'm looking forward to writing this, and then after this, I'm looking forward to reading this. Um, so, but yeah, before I do that, going to get out of here and take care of this writing. We'll see you in a bit. Perfect. Good luck. Hey, Sham listeners. If you like the show, there are two things you can do that'll really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that'll be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you can really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. All right, well, Andrew is off composing or drawing pictures or whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> it's, he's going to do a full comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good radio. Uh-huh. Uh, we should talk about our predictions. We, we gave a few uh, bonus points, but what are you expecting to see that we haven't talked about? Well, Marcus, I, I think your uh, your regular bonus points that you gave him is so good. Just bringing in a cameo from another Marvel character is such a just it's a it's a classic comic book thing to do. You know, crossovers yeah. because you can because they're all in the same universe in the same world. So I love that idea. I think he's definitely going to go for it. Um, I think my secret bonus point is going to just be doubling down on that in that I predict that the cameo will be specifically from Spider-Man. Nice. Uh, yeah. Do you have a particular Spider-Man that's going to cross over? <laughs> you, know, you know, any of the Spider-Men will any, do. Any of the Spider-Men? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not particular. It fits Miles, great. If it's Peter, fantastic. I don't or whatever else there is. Yeah. I'm fine. Incidentally, Spider-Man, uh, good comic by Brian Bendis. Uh, nice. So get that going for you. Uh, so what about you? What do you I, predict? I'm going to predict that Andrew is going to just love that Thomas Edison is in this. And <laughs> that he's going to do... Gosh, I, I've been so bad at the secret bonus points. I want to give it one of two things. One, he's going to have a really clever out-of-left-field invention. Or two, Tesla's going to show up. Because, because oh, I know oh. this man loves the prestige, and that's and, that's his basic on history. Yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be David Bowie. History. Yeah, yeah, oh. David Bowie as Tesla, the in, late, late and wonderful David Bowie. Uh huh. Ugh, I miss him already. But yeah. okay, so either invention, great inventions, or Tesla. Yeah, and now I'm just sad. So let's let's bring Andrew back. Oh, okay, he'll cheer us up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's not mention any any fabulous rock stars. And I'm back. Hey guys, oh. I'm back. Hi Andrew, it's me. <laughs> oh, How man. are you? Do you feel good? Oh man, I, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm a little nervous. Ex- I'm not, I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little nervous for this one. We'll I was see. expecting you to have a superhero mask on when you came back. Maybe a full <laughs> costume. I made my own into it. <laughs> Guys, I wrote I wrote instead of writing a shamfic of Miss Marvel, I created my own superhero based on myself. Starring me. Great. This really is fan fiction. <laughs> I'm the lead character and I'm perfect in every way. Perfect. All right. 
No, awesome. I kid, I kid. I wrote Miss Marvel. No, I'm just a little nervous because I, I sense the passion from you guys in that uh, in the first part of the episode, and I really want to nail this. I'm I was really nervous, and I wanted to include as much as possible. So we'll see what happens. Oh. <laughs> we we do love Miss Marvel, but if anything is wrong, we will uh, take it personally. So oh, go right good, ahead. Good. Oh wait, no. Go right ahead. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for this? Let's do this thing. So ready. All right, this is Miss Marvel by me, Andrew Neal. <laughs> As I laid there, flat on my back, in a dark warehouse in an industrial park, pinned to the ground by a shrieking, contorted man mutant thing, <laughs> I really began to regret my decisions up until that point. I think it was the thing's breath, which had the delightful bouquet of rotting fish that triggered it. Why had I let Amir get into my head again? If I had just ignored him, I would have gone to the Halloween dance like a normal person rather than go investigating shady parts of town. <sighs> Halloween is, is Haram Kamala, he had told me. Dressing up and parading around in costumes is a pagan ritual that distracts us from Allah. Ugh, he wouldn't shut up about it. I wanted to <laughs> scream in his face like that stupid mutant thing was screaming in mine. Then I remembered, oh yeah, I should probably do something about this thing. I puffed out my torso outward, and the sudden force, like an airbag, it blew the mutant off, and he landed in a nearby junk pile. I leapt to my feet and quickly looked around for, the, for a large pulley hook that I'd seen a few minutes ago. Thunder boomed outside, shaking the warehouse walls. The storm had really picked up. Thunder flashed and provided some much-welcome light to the through the large windows and skylight above. Bingo. I spotted the pulley slightly to my right. It hung about 30 feet away and another 20 feet in the air. I also caught a glimpse of two more mutant things directly ahead, rushing full bent at me. I extended my legs quickly upward and pushed off the ground, which launched me over the lunging monsters. They went crashing into another junk pile. Yeah, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of junk in this place. Uh, I retracted my legs and landed back on the ground in a three-point stance. I am Iron Man, I thought with a smile on my face. And then a mirror popped into my head again. False idols, Kamala, he nagged. These memories were really cramping my style. <laughs> my last leap had gotten me closer to the pulley. I had to get up there. I was too exposed on the ground, and I didn't know how many of those ugly things were around. The creatures had been popping up around Jersey City and Staten Island for weeks. The police were scoring every nook and cranny this side of the Hudson looking for where they were coming from. Then, finally, two nights ago, after a woman was mauled by one outside the Circle Q, Bruno fessed up to me. His brother Vic had told him that where they were coming from and who was behind it. To be honest, I wasn't really surprised. This particular culprit had been behind a lot as of late. Squawk! There's my little Miss Fantastic! <laughs> right on cue, I thought. Another roll of thunder sounded and lightning flared as he descended slowly through the air from the catwalks above. The inventor. He was using a set of thruster boots and hand stabilizers, wired to and powered by something in a backpack he wore, like some Ooh. kind of jerry-rigged Iron Man get-up. He had obviously been raiding the Stark Industries warehouse down the street. I called out to him. What's wrong, Bertie? Someone clip your wings? He ceased his descent and hovered about 20 feet overhead. In addition to the second-hand flying contraption, he wore a signature gray three-piece suit, which looked ridiculous. <laughs> then again, I thought, anything he wore would look ridiculous. He, was, he had the body of a man and a head of a cockatoo. <laughs> Always so quick to jest, he replied. We'll see who laughs last. 
And with that, he let out a horrible shriek. I compulsively covered my ears. It was so shrill I started seeing lightning bolts and sound waves emanating from his beak. My ears <laughs> felt like they were going to burst into flames. I definitely preferred Amir's nagging to this. What's he doing? I thought through the pain. He isn't screaming. He must be... My gut sank as figurative light bulbs lit up all around my head. He must be calling something. Just then, a choir of muffled answering cries erupted from below. The ground before me, directly beneath the pulley, shook. I squinted through the dark to see what was going on. It wasn't solid ground up ahead. There was a pair of trap doors in the floor. Something, or worse yet, a bunch of somethings, was about to break through. The door shook again, bending from the force. They shook again. And again. Yep, time to go. I thought as I dashed forward. I had only made it a couple of steps when another roll, ra- round of thunder erupted from outside, and the trap doors burst open before me. Despite the fear center of my brain telling me to turn around, I pushed forward. I had to get to high ground. Lightning flashed as several clawed hands appeared over the ledge. I extended my legs to twice their normal length for the last two steps and jumped into the air above the open trap door. I heard snarling from below, but I didn't look down. I extended my left arm out and out until I finally caught the hook in my hand. As soon as I had a firm firm grip, I started to retract my legs, but it wasn't fast enough. Something grabbed me. I screamed. I was too surprised to hold it back. I felt my grip slip, but thankfully I didn't let go of the hook completely. I looked down to see the clawed hand around my ankle. It was one of the creatures. It glared at me blankly with black eyes and hissed through its kind-of-beak, kind-of-not-beak mouth thing. (laughs) I reached up with another hand and clawed at my leg. I grimaced in pain. In response, I landed a kick on its ugly face. The blow knocked the creature free of its hold, hurtling it downward to the concrete floor. With that thing out of the way, I finally had a moment to take take in the rest of the horrible scene. The storm outside was was raging in full force now. Thunder rolled and lightning flashed every few seconds to allow sight of the warehouse floor below. Dozens of creatures had already emerged from the trap door and more were coming. They were human-like in shape, only more hunched and contorted. Their bodies were covered in random patches of white feathers and their exposed skin was gray and wrinkly. They looked up at me hungrily, shrieking and snarling and biting and hissing and all those terrible things. I thought I saw a fire burning in their mouths and eyes. In that moment... I really missed my brother. Hideous, aren't they? The inventor cried through the din of the storm and the creatures. He was hovering about 30 feet away, well out of my extended reach. What are they? I called back as I hoisted myself up the pulley cable, putting distance between me and the monsters. Failed experiments, he replied. I've been dabbling a little in cloning as of late. (laughs) Cloning? Of course, I thought. The feathers, the talons, it all started to make sense. You're trying to make more things like you? I said. And although I was confident I knew the answer, I followed up with, Why? You're a little punk! (laughs) He snarled back. You wouldn't understand. (laughs) Sure I would, I said. Being the only one of your kind, surrounded by people who don't look like you or think like you, I I get it. It gets lone shop you! (laughs) <laughs> the inventor cried as he fired a pulse blast from one of his hand stabilizers. I didn't have time to react, but I also didn't need it. The inventor's aim was too far to the right. The blast sent him spinning through the air. He obviously needed more practice with this. I seized the opportunity to scale the pulley cable and pull myself up to the top of the crane arm that held it. Another pulse beam whizzed by to my left. This one was a lot closer. 
The creatures below seemed to notice. They shrieked with excitement. At that moment, I looked down at them as a series of lightning flashes, the brightest I'd seen yet, lit up their faces. Some of them were looking at me with hungry eyes, but others were looking at the inventor the same way. That's when it dawned on me. He doesn't have control over them. Another pulse pulse beam flew over my head. The inventor squawked in anger. He didn't have much control over those stabilizers either. Now was my chance to strike. I started to hulk out, increasing the muscle mass across my body, but especially in my arms and legs. I had grown to about five times my normal size when I felt the crane start to give. Hopefully this will be enough, I thought as I reached down and grasped the pulley cable. I started to lift it when a pulse beam caught me in the left shoulder. I cried out in pain, and the cable slipped out of my grasp. I heard the hungry cries of the creatures below and the cackling laughter of the inventor. Frustration and fear flooded me as I swayed on my hazard on my hazardous perch. I fought to restore my balance, but the increased weight of my body was, in, was betraying me. I started to panic. But then I heard a mirror in my head. And be thou steadfast, he recited, for surely Allah suffers not the reward of the righteous to perish. I felt warmth in my heart then, and fear fled me. I extended my left arm down and grasped the crane arm for balance. With my right, I reached down, grabbed the cable, and pulled it up. I brought myself up to my full height and began swinging the cable overhead around and around. This Hulk was ready to smash. (laughs) The inventor saw this as he was lining up his next shot. He squawked in fear and fired before he was ready. As he did, I released the cable. His shot was wide off. Mine was right on. The heavy hook at the end of the crane made contact with one of the inventor's boots, which exploded in sparks. In pain and panic, he fired several stray shots from his stabilizers. One of these smashed through the large skylight window above, raining shards of glass on the creatures below. Many cried in pain and clutched their eyes. Others fled back down the door and the floor. I watched the chaos as I dangled from the crane arm, which had shifted violently when I threw the cable. I was back to nearly normal size, except for some extra muscle mass in my arms, which I used to pull myself back up. Standing safely there on the crane arm, rain pouring down from the broken skylight, I spotted the inventor, who had crashed atop a stack of three freight containers. He was trying to remove his stabilizers, which were sparking and smoldering. A few of the remaining creatures hissed and clawed at him from below, as they tried unsuccessfully to scale the sheer container walls. Yeah, he wasn't going anywhere. I chuckled at the sight. I had, for, for, I had completely forgotten about the Halloween dance. At that moment, I was where I was supposed to be. And just then, I, a thought crossed my mind. How ridiculous is my life? <laughs> Suddenly, a massive boom of thunder erupted from directly above the warehouse. I covered my ears at the sound and looked up just as the bolt of lightning passed through the opening skylight and struck the warehouse floor. The light from the impact was intense, forcing me to shield my eyes. I heard an explosion and the creature shriek in pain. When I removed my arms from over my eyes, I looked down at the warehouse floor where the lightning had struck. My jaw dropped. It was Thor. And he was looking right at me. Miss, he called. Miss, can you assist me? I'm looking for a creature known as the Inventor. I was frozen in place, but my heart and mind were racing. It was Thor, and he was talking to me. Me, Kamala Khan. I can't even... (laughs) Tears welled in my eyes And I just started laughing and crying uncontrollably I couldn't help it My brain was on fire Everything I had just been through And now this 
Thor, an Avenger showing up here in Jersey City now? Like right now? After the fight was already over? Miss, he finally asked, are you unwell? Hearing his voice again somehow snapped me out of my delirium. I let out a couple more laughs and wiped the tears from my eyes. No, Thor, I replied. I'm just fine. (laughs) But you're late. The end. (laughs) Nice. Yay. Well done. Oh, I love that. You brought Thor in at the end. That's so good. (laughs) Oh, Oh, jeez. Uh, wow. Well done all around. I think uh, I am pleased. I am very, very pleased. I too am pleased, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun. Gosh, cool. No, and you tied the the appearance of Thorin with this storm that's been going on this whole time, and like this storm that's getting closer and closer, and the lightning is getting brighter, and the thunder's getting louder, and at the end it climaxes with Thor showing up, and it was a surprise. And it all kind of tied together. Yeah. I was I was impressed. I was I was wondering about that once we started hearing the lightning. And at, at some point, the thought occurred to me: Does Thor just fly around making lightning storms on Halloween to make it cooler? <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark and stormy night. Thanks, Thor. It's Halloween. <laughs> well, you got to do something. I'd like I don't to think, think it... he does. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you did a lot of interesting things i i love that you did okay. first person for this okay um it was a good choice um because it lets you kind of see into kamala's thought process because there wasn't a lot of opportunity in this story for her to talk uh in that you know sh- she's not having a conversation with somebody she's fighting somebody so you kind of use that first person to get that uh, that funny sort of banter that you would normally get in dialogue through prose and mm-hmm. so I think that was a good choice because we got to see who Kamala was. And so it, was, it wasn't just uh, first person. It was first person with character. So good job there. That's my, my cool. first compliment. Thanks. Did a good job. Thank you. Marcus. Yeah, I, I think uh, I actually have more criticism about the first person choice. Although I do think it was a good way to incorporate some of that storytelling that we talked about how there's the internal monologue going on when you read a comic a lot of times Mm -hmm. the only issue is that i i think you didn't go far enough with it so there were moments where it really felt like it was from her perspective uh, especially the thor bit at the end and some of the comments about the brother but then there was a lot of it where she wasn't commenting on how crazy the situation was and it's something we, we talked about a little bit and you can be forgiven for not getting in this attempt having not read the thing but i get a sense from kamala that she's just in awe of all the things that she's capable of doing and that she would have been more impressed by the situation as it was going on okay um so you did a good job in the silent moments of giving some of that but when the action was going we lost a lot of the flavor it was more just description of what was happening than getting Mm -hmm. into her head yeah, it's okay. A, it's a it's a good point. Uh, though I do have to give you credit uh, in those action sequences. I think you actually uh, did very very well because you were describing this kind of super stretch 
uh, action in a way that was engaging and you were doing clever things with the powers where she's expanding her chest to throw a, an enemy off. Uh, you did this great thing where she doubled the length of her legs in order to run faster, which is something that they explicitly do in the comic, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Okay. Like uh, she's running around the track at school and Bruno's timing her and she gets an amazing time because her legs are twice as long. So I just love that you threw that in there, because that's just perfect. Cool. Yeah. I, I, I will agree with Eric. The action bits were good. They, they were well handled. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, the loss of flavor during those times. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy all the beats. It was clear to me what was going on. I was able to keep track of everything. In general, you had a very good use of place. Like, I felt like this was in Jersey. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. Uh, I also appreciated the use of Islam uh, and okay. Amir's appearance throughout this. It was clear that you had done some research. At least I hope you have. Maybe you're just making up stuff that I don't know about, revealing my ignorance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I look stuff up. I, I, I assumed so. Th- that, so that was good. And... Uh, Gosh, the one bit I just absolutely loved is that she tried to relate to this guy, to Thomas Edison, the inventor. Yeah, yeah. That was so Kamala Khan. Like, that was such an in-character moment. You know, it's funny, at that point, I was starting to write a criticism because, um, to me, as soon as these monsters, these bird mutants uh, showed up, uh, I was actually writing like, oh, we're spending too much time explaining what these are. It's like this is a comic book. If you have a, a bird-headed inventor as your villain, to me, it's like, oh, it's just a given that their cronies are going to be mutant bird people. Yeah, so, it's a shtick. And, yeah, exactly. So you were kind of going into it like, wait, I just I figured it out. They're clones? What? And I'm just like, why are we spending time on this? But then you tied it back into because he's lonely and he wants to create more people yeah. like himself and using that as a way to bring in her own issues is just really well done i yeah. really dug that well before we, we go much more into the criticism andrew tell us what your process was like here how'd you do it okay this is tough because i again hearing the uh, during the assignment portion i was so excited and you guys seem so excited about this property and this is something that i'd heard about again never read but i'd heard about and it really interested me I really wanted to nail it, and there was so much about it that I liked that I wanted to include (laughs) that I started writing a draft, and it was just bloated. It was so long, (laughs) and I didn't even finish it, and I I had to stop myself because I was just doing too much, and I just had to, like, stop and think about it and restart. I just restarted from square one, and even the first time I wrote it, it was in third person, and then on the second draft, I wrote it in first. Because uh-huh. I realized while I, I was like fighting myself the first draft, mm-hmm. I kept I wanted to have more from her voice, and the third person was keeping me out of it. So I switched and started writing it from her perspective because to be honest, I wanted to like Marcus, I it's really great that you mentioned that bit about adding more from her perspective, and I wanted to do a lot more of that, mm-hmm. but then I actually went through it again and cut more stuff out because it was just, it was so long. You know, we try to keep these things, this is even, this is order, over our normal word count by quite a bit. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was something that I just kind of had, I chose to lose for the sake okay. of, for the sake of length. But this was tough. It was, it was tough to just kind of 
um, reconcile what were the things that I wanted to do and be specific about it. So with sure. with the shortening of it, did you ever consider having the inventor come in earlier? Yeah, like I, I was trying to find a way to start in the middle of the action, but I really <laughs> wanted to have an entrance for him. You know, I wanted to have this dramatic beat where he comes in and kind of surprise the, you know, the, you guys and the listeners mm-hmm. um, for how that happens. Um, so I think I probably could have cut a little bit out of that, but I wanted to have it come at a certain point that it felt like a surprise. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I really liked um, about this is, uh, Marcus, you mentioned a sense of place and that you felt that it was Jersey. Um, yeah. And I feel like it has a sense of place in the sense that I, I think it belongs very comfortably in the Marvel universe, at least as I know it, in that there are enough casual mentions um, of other heroes. They, you mentioned Stark, you mentioned Hulk, uh, of course, Thor. And I think these are just, these are the sorts of things that they, they sprinkle throughout everything I've ever read. Uh, just so you know that, these other events are happening at the same time in these other comics that you should pick up and read as well. So very <laughs> uh, naturally give done. us more money. <laughs> exactly. So I think that was fantastic. At the same time, uh, one of the things that uh, that was irking me is you kept uh, using the word mutant, and <laughs> as we mentioned. Uh, they are in this story, not mutants, Marcus. Am I correct in saying what are not what? mutants? The mutants are not mutants. They are inhumans. They are. Oh well, I was using mutant as a descriptor, like they were mutant creatures. Oh sure, 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 like, sure, sure. That sure. was the idea. Not that they were like X Men mutants, but that they were like mutant terrible things. Gotcha. So to clarify, to to nerd in here, I will say that the mutants do exist in this world. I mean, uh-huh. She encounters oh, okay. Wolverine. In oh, one of the issues. Nice. And the the difference would be that mutant is a group that Kamala would probably respect. So you wouldn't use mutant as a derogatory term for science experiments. Sure. Mm, okay. So gotcha. it, it's it's sensitivity from another angle. Okay, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't even that did not cross my mind at all. But that's interesting to think about from like the perspective of that world to, right. to yeah, consider it, that it, sort of thing. And, like, right along with, you know, my appreciation that you were throwing in the Iron Man and the the Hulk references, when you said mutant, my, you know, the bells went off, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're talking about mutants, but as these bad guys. But, of course, they're not actual mutants, because they were clones of, you know, whatever. So, that just sort of threw me off. But, never mind, then. You're clear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, Marcus, uh, any other, like... Criticisms yeah. as far as the writing goes? Sure. Uh, as far as... I, I guess I can just keep hammering on this one point, which is staying in the character. Uh, from a research perspective, like I said, it was cool that you did do some research on uh, Islam and that faith, but you didn't do research on her other faith, the uh, the superheroes. So he kept calling the pulses from Iron Man. It's a repulsor beam. Uh, hello? Uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> and if there's one thing that Kamala Khan would know, it's that it's Repulsor. I, I, I was just, just missing... Uh, the, the two biggest things I was missing were her joy and referencing of the superheroes. There was this casual background pattern like this with Stark Labs, but 
I wanted a little color commentary there. Like, oh man, I could just imagine how freaked out Tony Stark would be from <laughs> Kamala's point of view. Because she writes okay. fan fiction about these people. Mm-hmm. Or like, I just hulked out. Oh my gosh, I'm going to write about this in my next story. I had no idea what that felt like. Okay, yeah, um, that's cool. And to that, yeah, that same extent, just having her have that sense of wonder about using her powers. So not just in relation to the hero worship that she has, but the sense of wonder with the powers. I wanted to see those things. Um, so I'd be interested to see your, your earlier drafts. Maybe you can share that with me offline. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, uh, it's good to know about some of those things, like just with her voice, because, yeah, I think now that you're mentioning all of this, what's going through my head is that I should have picked a more simple scenario. Sure. Because again, because um, we're trying to keep word count down for the sake of runtime, um, I think this was far too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I should have chosen a more specific encounter, and so I could have extended upon it with her perspective more. Sure. Well, we also fed you like, hey, let's you know, you should do a, a showdown with the inventor. So yeah. if you know, that's that's a big ask. And it, well, if you it go was, through that with was that, an option. You gave me several scenarios, and that one jumped out at me because it's a cockatoo man, and of course, <laughs> I'm gonna write about a cockatoo man. That's ridiculous, and I love it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, okay, so looking at our bonus points that we set up for you. Uh, you definitely got Marcus's. The cameo is in there, and it's a solid cameo. Um, and great that he was too late. I love that. Just mm-hmm. instead of Thor saving the day, it was, you dropped the ball here, guy. I had this under control. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I know. I was wondering towards the end if it was going to come in, because you like mentioned the characters, but nobody had actually cameoed yet. I'm like, oh, is, is somebody going to sh- literally show up and beat the bad guy for her? And I was hoping that wasn't going to happen. And you didn't, so good job. Um, my bonus point was this look into was some sort of like imaginative look into Kamala's weird imagination and I don't I can't give you credit for that one I don't think I got the full thing I kind of tried to work in some bits like that but I don't think like I knew as I was writing them, I'm like, this probably isn't exactly what he wants. Like they felt bits. very Scott Pilgrimy, like the lightning flashes, and he just kept <laughs> mentioning these small little tweaks. Uh, but yeah, not the full vision that Eric was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, maybe I just didn't understand what you were talking about. But yeah, it was just mostly like what yeah, Marcus like that Scott Pilgrim like comparison is kind of what I was thinking for those moments, those few sure. moments that I did it. But it wasn't well, very consistent. <laughs> it, I, I fully admit that that was also a big ask. It's a very specific thing to ask you to put in there. So I am I am. It's not going to dock you much by not okay. having my bonus points. You're just not getting the bonus points. No, um, I want my, them. my secret bonus point was oh yes what, what, what? Uh, was actually related to Marcus's uh, bonus point about having a cameo. I had actually guessed that you were going to bring Spider Man in. And instead, oh. we got Thor. So I was wrong. That was my bad. So That took a while for me to decide that, to be fair, because it's set in Jersey. I was thinking about, okay, this needs to be a New York set hero. But mm-hmm. uh, once I decided to tie in her personal life being like the Halloween dance and the creatures and kind of make it kind of horror, uh, have that horror element in it, I was like, dark and stormy night, let's get Thor in here. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Marcus, what about your secret bonus points? Yeah, my secret bonus points, I gave you two options uh, to double my chances of getting something that you'd actually do. Uh, one was because the inventor's Thomas Edison. I thought that you might bring Nikola Tesla into this. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got really sad talking about David Bowie and the prestige. Uh, oh, no. So I do appreciate oh, no. you cheering me up a little bit there with the story. But the other <laughs> one, which I, I'll say that you got, was that you're going to have really crazy invention from uh, from the inventor. And having these creatures, these clone creatures, was interesting. And also having the hacked-together Stark tech I liked. Yeah, cool. for sure. I'm glad you liked that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was something... I tried to, by adding, like, that Stark hint in there, too, I was trying to be, like, maybe, like, you know, have a red herring in there that maybe he'd show up. That was kind of something that I was thinking about. But, cool. I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, awesome. Scores? Scores? Are we there? Are we at that point Yeah, I think we can score you. We can score you. let's do it. Lay it on me. Marcus, you begin. Okay. So, I enjoyed this. I think that the uh, the big takeaway was staying consistent with your character. So that's something we're talking specifically about Kamala Khan, but with any writing that we're doing, you can think about every bit of it through the lens of that character. And I, I felt like that lens got out of place a few times. So I'm going to dock you a bit there. But overall, I liked the story arc of this. I liked Thor's cameo, and you had a few moments that were just spot on. Kamala Khan, uh, specifically the bit with the inventor was fantastic where she said, I relate to you because she'd rather not fight. That's just not who she is. So I'm going to give you three out of four Fantastic Four. Nice. Nice. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Um, so it, I'm going to use... Is. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to use another uh, superhero team for my score. Uh, but first of all, um, I think... I just loved the the tone. I loved the the first person voice. I didn't think it was lacking in any way. So I think you get full marks just from style. Uh, I loved the action, uh, and you just did so many fun little things. And that Kamala is actually funny. Like the prose that you wrote oh, yeah. is actually funny on the inside, and I think that's a huge thing. You get some extra points for me because t- the the inventor was squawking all over the place. <laughs> Does so, he squawk? Does he squawk I, in the stories in the comic? He I don't might. actually know. Does he? I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna add squawks in now. Anytime I'm reading that character. Okay. <laughs> well, I just assumed that there were like bits like squawk bubbles in the comics. Like he would like squawk at points or something. Like maybe got angry <laughs> or something like that. Uh, Gosh, I liked it, it. It was a good choice. I don't know if he, they actually do it, but I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I it felt like a teen. Uh, a teen story, uh, like a teenager's point of view. I, it, like to me, it felt very Spider-Man, which is uh, mm-hmm. my uh, biggest frame of reference. In that, I've only read five issues of Miss Marvel, but I've read a lot more Spider-Man, and that same sort of high school feel was yeah. just so strong. You nailed that. So for all of those reasons, and even though you didn't get my bonus points or my secret bonus points, I'm gonna give you the score of. I think I'm going to go with uh, 60 out of 72 members of the Avengers. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. There are a lot of Avengers out There's there. There's that many? Uh, this source that I'm looking at right now, which is io9, claims that there's 72 uh, eagle-eyed fans or just nerds 
will probably correct me, but I'm going to go with the number 72. You get 60 of them. In the vastness of the multiverse, who can say if there's any limit to the number of Avengers? That's true. That's true. Some version of this universe, there are more. Some versions, there are less. It's all good. But, uh, you did a I mean, great this, job. This isn't even the first Miss Marvel. Like they've all had multiple versions. That's a there's good point. New Thor. There's new Captain America. There's new new Captain America. <laughs> new new. <laughs> uh, well done. I I enjoyed this issue one. I'll I'll, uh, I'll subscribe. I'll add this to my box if you want to do another issue. <laughs> oh uh, please. Well, speaking of which, where where can people people get this? You can get this preferably. You subscribe to it at your local comic seller. You pre-order it so that the creators know that you're supporting them. Uh, but you can get the trades. The first trade is called No Normal, and that's available anywhere books are sold, also at the comic shops, and you can get them digitally as well. Cool. Yeah. Definitely, check definitely it out. checking it out after this. Oh, yeah, I've, I'm really excited to read that one. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. All well, right. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Any, any other final thoughts before we sign off for, for now? Just, just just, keep fighting crime. Keep doing what is right. Don't let anybody you know, get you down, tell you what you got to be, be yourself, all that good stuff. If, if a criminal runs past you and you don't trip them, Uncle Ben's going to die. Yep. Um, oh, no. That was the very specific lesson I learned from Spider-Man. <laughs> Nothing about power and responsibility, just no, tripping, just tripping don't bad let criminals run past you. <laughs> but I don't have an Uncle Ben. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I didn't. But yeah, check out Miss Marvel. It's fantastic. Thanks for writing. Thanks for reading. This was a lot of fun, guys. All right. We'll see you with a new episode next week. Yes. Yeah. So bye. See you next week. This has been Sham Fiction, y'all. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, pod people. Eric here. Do you like steam-powered machinery? How about hat making as a profession or a hobby? How about listening to Marcus write about anthropomorphized vegetables and bearded children? If you answered yes to any of these questions, stop talking to your podcast player and check out our new episode next week on Sham Fiction. That's this show. Bye.